This is the Gore Club Podcast with Steve Vessel, Derek Sturgeon, and Death Metal Dave. Yeah, I mean, we'll just we can just flow with this. Have John come in and then do a few minutes after after John. All right, that sounds good. <clears throat> yeah, what time is it now? It's probably like ten oh five by now. Mm, I have to have my phone out, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's ten ten. It's ten ten. So we got twenty minutes before uh, the Dugan. Do you have, you have questions set up for him and shit? No, I really wanted to talk about like the because he came from the theater. Yeah, he's gonna talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, we you won't have to yeah. be. And, and I, don't, I told him with the. Uh, what we were going to talk about, like yeah. 70s th- uh, theater, Grindhouse, all that kind of stuff. So, I I mean, that's him? when he was like 18 years old oh. when he did in 74 or whatever. Can I, can I ask him what, it, what he thinks the Sawyer family would do during the COVID times? Yeah, fuck yeah, you can. <laughs> He's extremely political. That's why I like him, too. Oh, yeah. He'll probably go hard on that. Good, because most of these movies, that's what's going on. You know, you come out of fucking Vietnam. Um, and now that all these people who didn't have a voice, they have a voice to talk about. And they got to see that shit on normal television. All right. It was awful. Normal television. We're probably already. Oh, we are recording. live. Actually, we're, we're recording. recording. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking. We're talking our game plan before, so we weren't really having it. At least before we actually stuff. don't do like the show. We're just like, hey guys, here we are. Hi. <laughs> Looks like paddle uh, pigs. Softballs. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the Gore Club podcast, everybody. I'm Steve. I'm Death Metal Dave. I'm Derek. Derek, and uh, tonight's special guest will be calling in about twenty minutes. Is uh, John. Dugan from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Woohoo! He's uh, he's actually an old friend of ours, and uh, he's got a lot of insight during obviously during the seventies. He was in his teens when he did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But we're going to be talking a lot uh, a lot about the entire genre during that decade. And so these are going to be uh, kind of long episodes, and I can't wait to dig in because there's so much to talk about. There's a lot. I, like I'm looking at your board, as you know, if you've listened to us before, he has this big white board full of movies. I probably haven't seen like 70% of these because I'm 33, but, uh, <laughs> but, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of good shit on there and I can have these two old fucks guide me through it too. So that'll be fun. Well, yeah, I mean, I've got everything from Amicus, the hammer to Dan Curtis. Like I have like titles for each area. It's like, I got Dan Curtis rules the TV, then the rise of t- uh, horror TV movies, you know, uh, the, the hammer films were like spewing out like crazy during this decade but they were really dying and the roger corman then you've got like where were they showing hammer films in the 70s where yeah where I could mean, you watch a hammer film pretty much at le- your local drive-in maybe yeah. at that time uh grindhouse films like grandma's I mean, house were, yeah but then you could see it like you know at, at, at uh, the chinese theater they would do double bills they were doing they were pulling out a whole lot of uh like curse of frankenstein and the horror of dracula double bills at the time trying to you know get the monster kids fed because they came out of the 60s yeah well the 70s is like no more alfred hitchcock you know it's, he's gone pretty yeah, much he I think did, he did like two movies in the yeah, 70s family plot is one of my actually my favorites and it's his last is movie. that the one with karen black yeah yeah it's no, he, fantastic i thought he directed one in the 90s I thought no. he directed some shitty movie in the 90s. Not that I remember. I mean, I feel like that really happened. If you're watching this on YouTube, please uh, school us or uh, Dave's on his tab over here. Maybe he can help us out before we get. I know in the 70s, he only did like all. two movies. And that's why I felt like there's such a difference in the films because all of a sudden it's not like that Hitchcock era anymore. Yeah. People trying to be him. It's all this weird shit. Or even like made for TV shit, like Trilogy of Terror. Like that was just Dan on Curtis. TV. Yeah. Oh, Wasn't man. it like three channels back then? And that shit was all <laughs> there were. Home. There was the three main and then you had the UF, uh, UHF yeah. channels because that's where they got Trilogy it Trilogy of Terror was awesome. What was the, yeah. I wonder what the ratings were on that when it first hit. Like how many millions TV. of people watched. I'm, yeah. I mean, how many millions then, of people watched that shit yeah. when it came? 
I didn't, they didn't really have was ratings no, then. Yeah. For TV? They had, they had TV, to have something to no. tell you the fucking demographics yeah. and shit. Yeah, they had fucking like everybody or rated X, I'm pretty sure. No, no I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about ratings. He means like for television. TV though. ratings. Yeah, which is a totally different thing because they weren't prepared for what was going to yeah. come in the 70s. Yeah, they weren't prepared all. for the anger and the and the outspokenness of the women's movement, the civil rights movement. They were not prepared for black exploitation. They just were like, oh, okay, we'll put this on on the mom and pop theater down the street. And like, holy fuck, what are we just, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we this? Showing, showing Blackula? Yeah, fantastic <laughs> movie. Blackula, yeah. like, Scream, Blackula, Scream, I think is actually a better film. Pam Greer, better, yeah. it's a better film. There's so much to all, talk about during for this decade. All those are on Shutter right now, by the way, too. So that's kind of better. Cool. Yeah, they're like all back to back. I was just scrolling through the other day and I was like, Blackula? I still have my VHS from that. Yeah, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I mean, because when I was a dorky ass kid, you know, like nine or ten, I just see the title. I'm like, that's fucking funny. What is this? And I watched it. And I'm like, oh, this is actually kind of good. Yeah. And then the sequel is a lot better. You're right. But I didn't see I that. Mean, just the way it's structured and, and the plot and everything. Yeah. And Pam Greer. Yeah. And to be honest, like, there's such yeah. we can go so deep in this decade and try to get through it as much as we can. Um, I had to even pull out my own book of just movies that I love and the movies that I wanted I, to see. I mean, there's so many fucking movies. Yeah, I didn't realize how many movies I love from Canadian the 70s, movies really? were coming out. Italian films, Italian uh, films, which is like blowing kinda, the fuck kind of my thing there. And, yeah, and like, I didn't, I didn't realize a lot of shit was 70s. I just never pay attention. I always just assume everything I like is early 80s. Yeah. and then I started researching for this episode, and I was like, holy fuck! Like a lot of things I love are in the 70s, and then a lot of shit I thought was in the 70s, like The Shining. No. Fucking isn't. Yeah. It's like right at 1980. It's the cusp of the 80s. I'm like, ah, you tricked me. You lied to me. Well, and people thought, people always seem to interview uh, John Carpenter, and we're going to kind of gloss over it because we're actually going to uh, be specific about certain movies in the future with episodes. But, uh, you know, people always want to interview John Carpenter about the 70s, and he only did like three movies. Yeah, but Halloween's a pretty big thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, Halloween changed the, 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 the landscape. And that's like a really an influence on the 80s, though. You Assault know, Halloween on Precinct 13. Out, so what we got in the eighties, all the slashers and shit, and everybody's yeah. like a fucking mass killer. Friday thirteenth, and every oh, other holiday has a horror movie now. Yeah, but if you go back talk to, about the Canadian movie, yeah. yeah. If you go back to slashers, though, I mean, you have to talk about Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Black Christmas. I mean, it's like arguably one of the first slashers that set that whole yeah. genre in motion. I fucking hate Black Christmas. You do. I tell know me, so many people are tell me. Oh, right this is now. so good. This is why Derek and it we, just we're gonna, pours the living piss out of me. Get Every time I watch fuck. it, I fucking hate that movie. But you love Jallo films, and it's like the transition from a Jallo to a slasher. Yeah, maybe I just don't like that combination. Maybe they mm. can just fuck off with that. I don't know. It's just like it's like I like rap and <laughs> like I, I like rap and rock, but I don't like fucking new metal. Like oh yeah, that's a fantastic. Black Christmas example. is like Black Christmas is new metal. Like, I can listen to Anthrax as I'm the man, but I don't want to listen to fucking Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's see? that's valid. Yeah, Black Christmas is like <laughs> Limp Bizkit. Like, but not like even like three dollar bill y'all and biscuit like those later ones. Uh, get really okay, bad. I know I'm not gonna. I don't, agree I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with this, everybody. Just I see your point. How about yeah, that? Everybody, everybody, everybody just turned it off. Right, uh, and yeah, we're gonna. I did like, like the remake. You have like Wes Craven up there. Romero, he was really hitting his stride during that time. David Cronenberg, like I said, and the Canadian guys coming down. Alan Ormsby, uh, um, Bob Clark, Brian De Palma. Like, Brian De Palma is fucking uh, dude. Phantom of pa Paradise. Holy shit! I fucking <laughs> love that. I don't know what he was on during that, but good for him. I everything. Evan Williams, man. Williams did all the music for that, and it's just amazing. And oh, I thought you said are, Evan Williams. I was like, no, oh, no, no, Evan, him and Bourbon. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Is Andy Williams? I can't remember, but uh, I uh, should. I love getting eviscerated. Should, should you know that? Yeah, should I should you? because he. <laughs> I used to always talk about him when I was a kid and now I'm fucking almost 50. It's like, what the fuck was his name? 
uh, you know, senility. senility. That's what I got. Senility. Senility. See, I don't even yeah. know what that means. You just I'm just fucking senile. Oh, shit. <laughs> See? Uh, we've got uh, Brian De Palma, Toby Hooper, Wes Craven, Romero, David Cronenberg, uh, Roger Corman, the things that he helped you know, usher in, especially the drive-in era. Because that's where you could see Roger imagine, Corman fucking movies. Imagine if we try to list every Roger Corman movie. Well, luckily, no. I, well, <laughs> ones he directed or ones he produced, it's not a whole lot during the 70s. But really? Oh, yeah. I was really surprised by that. I mean, he bought a lot of films. Was, was Prana or Jaws first? Oh, Prana, Prana actually got sued for ripping off Jaws. So it was after Jaws. Though. Yeah. Okay. Because I know... Jaws kind of ushered in that big like monster movie creature feature type shit. Mm-hmm. That's how we got like Grizzly and fucking Orca. Yeah. <laughs> and all that I shit. love all those movies. I love them. You love Orca? I do. I do. I do. Hmm. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Dumbledore is fucking going after a big ass whale. Big ass whale. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I big just, whale. I don't think I've ever heard of that said out loud before. So Sorry, man. Kinda... Because it's one of those movies I saw on television. And I was like, oh, it scared the fuck out of me. Yeah. And then you watch it now and you're like, oh. Huh. Well, I mean, well, it doesn't scare the fuck out of me, but I still appreciate what they try to do on a low budget. And speaking of like ratings, Jaws was PG. Yeah, that was the war. So that, that, that that's was one fucking of the weird. You know, that, that, yeah. a little kid gets fucking eaten. And they're like, ah, PG. Oh, they show a totally eviscerated body, uh, you know, leg flopping open. It's awful. And they just weren't prepared. It's like that's the transition of these new filmmakers are like, we're going to show you every fucking thing. Yeah. And you have no idea what's coming. Like, it, Was part two also PG? <laughs> Or did they? Did, no. By then they were I like, oh, then, okay, we're yeah. gonna. Because they stepped up the gore in that one. Spielberg too, went kinda... to war with the MPAA and uh, would help develop the PG thirteen because he didn't want an R rating for a lot yeah. of his movies. So movies that should have been R, like Jaws, should be a fucking R, even by today's standards. Yeah, it's pretty graphic. It's graphic. It, it's got nudity. It's got some uh, some language. Language does it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can't talk about like 70s horror without like we've got to talk about some of the the obvious ones and one that i'm gonna bring up yeah is the exorcist because the exorcist arguably you know it, it, it was made for a lot less money than it than it would than it actually made and gross and it sort of made made hollywood realize like hey you can make money off these films yeah. so you got a lot more money behind them from the studios you know and you're talking about you can make money off of scandals yeah. and bullshit stories on like, yeah. studio absolutely. Stories. absolutely i have a few of like and the Christian gossip scare rags movies. from back then like that came out after exorcist hit i have a few of those like like dirt sheet or like inquire type magazines mm-hmm. and shit where they're like so and so killed themselves after seeing exorcist or girls actually possessed after seeing exorcist there's a lot oh, yeah. of fun stories in there it's all bullshit but it's it's funny I have an old comic book that's called The Tomb of Dracula, and they're reviewing The Exorcist and Nosferatu. I don't know why they're actually doing The Exorcist for so long, because Nosferatu didn't come until like 79, I think. But uh, they like did a deep dive on The Exorcist and like the, the religious scare that made that movie even more popular. Yeah. Even though it's technically a good movie, because the good guys yeah. win and the bad guys lose. I feel like the church probably fucking loves that movie secretly. I would oh, yeah. think so. That's it's yeah, it's like a pro-church movie. It's yeah. like church versus science. I bet attendance went through the fucking See, roof. See, I've, I've, I've got a story about this. For, for people that don't know, Hit my me. mother was a nun at one point she in her life. I didn't know that, David. I know you most of my life. <laughs> I didn't know that well, she, she was a nun at one, one point in her life, and I remember when I was younger, you know, this movie Exorcist, I'm like, yo, I want to see this. I want to see this so bad, and she was like, well, we can watch it. And this is weird because my mother did not let me watch horror films. She's like, we can watch it. But just so you know, this is real. The devil will get you. 
and the devil will possess you. And what? it freaked me out. It freaked me out. But uh, I, I, it, it really, really shook me when I was a child. And, you know, getting older now and watching it, it's not, it's not as freaky. But still, if I watch it at home alone in the middle of the night, my brain starts working. All the Catholic upbringing is just oh, yeah. going in. The Irish Catholic side of my family. Oh, yeah. 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 The devil yeah. is real and he will get you. Hmm. Hmm. I've never thought that. My there, mom was just like, doesn't watch that shit. So yeah. my mom was never like, oh, the devil's real. So you never had the uh, religious guilt and all that from like watching movies or like the, yeah. the horror of the demons. No, my mom would always just kind of have that whole like, those are, you know, you'll go to hell if you get into that stuff. And now she still walks in my house and she's like, this is like being in hell. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I like it. Fuck. I don't like your live, laugh, love bullshit, but here we are. And yeah, yours is more realistic. Yeah, mine is like a real thing. Your fucking bullshit <laughs> Hobby Lobby signs everywhere. Calm down. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I never got like, I don't think they watched it enough. Like, and when they did watch The Exorcist, which I'm sure my mom watched at some point, it's always on TV. So there's a lot of shit cut from it. Yeah. I don't think a lot of the weird shit that the movie's known for was shown on TV. Or like a lot of the medical procedures and all that kind of weird, creepy shit. I don't even think they get past that. My mom probably watched the first like 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Like, when they're giving. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff's hard to watch. Even yeah. like today's standards, I think. But if we want to talk about like landmark horror films of the 70s, I would definitely go with like Amicus Hammer and then how Dan Curtis basically took over the te- television market for horror movies on television. It was, a, it was on like that, people were right. all that. so fucking weird to me. Like looking at that list and I've seen most of those actually yeah. without realizing that some of them were like TV. I knew trilogy of terror, but the rest of them like night stalker night strangler, all that shit. I'm like, people were just sitting around like waiting for a fucking, whatever the tonight show dude's name is. Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson. <laughs> Come on. I'm watch the fucking night strangler first. <laughs> well, yeah. And there, there were usually, I wasn't alive events. for this. So you guys, you're, you're I stuck. was old enough to see the Salem's lot and I saw the night stress, uh, stalker yeah. on television, but I didn't see them live. They were like re airs. I feel like um, Salem's lot was coming on TV for 20 straight years though. That still took. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you talk about that, like burnt dark, offerings, dark shadows. Oh yeah, Doc, yeah, that came out of the '60s, and he just took that. And he's like, "I'm gonna make a fucking TV movie out of this," yeah. and it's awesome. And then all of a sudden, your grandma's watching her stories about vampires. Yeah, that's weird, right? <laughs> that's how, like, the—I mean, not to jump into the '90s at all, but like, I remember everybody I know watching Tales from the Crypt and shit. I thought that was such a weird thing that my grandma would talk about. Like, you wouldn't be okay with this if this was a movie. Yeah. But because it's like the reruns were showing on like NBC and shit, all of a sudden you're like, gotta watch my shows, gotta watch uh, my channels. And Well, uh, Amicus, as we're talking about, uh, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, 72, 73. Uh, they, a lot of people think of those as like Hammer films, and they're not. Amicus was like their biggest rival. I did think those were Hammer films. And like I, it's totally understandable. An it's yeah. the same vibe. It's an English company, or, you know, a, a studio. Um, the, the, the way they're, sh- the way they're shot, they actually stole a lot of the same actors, uh, some of the same directors and writers. I mean, it was a big deal. Like we just showed, uh, the, 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 the beast must die on our, uh, public access to public thing. domain, public, public domain, public access, public access. Yeah. Public access. Is that does public access still exists? God, I hope so. Can we get on public I access? I hope there's little kids out there on their iPhones making public access TV shows. Yeah, the beast must die was fun because like it was, it was a werewolf break. The, the werewolf the, break. The werewolf break. Yeah. Figure this out. It's a mystery. It's also a horror film, but it's a mystery. It might be the guy with the hairy hands. It might be. Yeah, I've never seen that one. It's really weird. I don't know. The 70s have a lot of movies that I feel like were like pop culture like type things that like Carrie. Everybody's seen fucking Carrie, Jaws, Halloween. Yeah. And then you got these like deep cuts like that tells from the crypt 
movie or Vault of Horror, which was another one that like I, I didn't see that till like five years ago. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, just yeah. randomly. So, Amicus uh, uh, was kicking ass. They got um, the Madhouse, you know, not the Madhouse, Madhouse with Vincent Price, uh, and then Hammer actually. As they were dying in the 70s, they were super productive. I didn't even write up half the movies that are up there that they made that year, in that decade. Uh, just some of the ones people know, like all the Dracula films, uh, Taste the Blood, Scars, Satanic Rites, uh, 17, you know, uh, um, excuse me. Mm. 1972. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Is this, the, is this I the mean, moment? technically, we're all dying. Live on the podcast. Uh, the Legend of the Golden. Damn it. Damn it, Dave. Damn it, Dave. Damn it, Derek. The DDs. My day D. Uh, there's just so many we can go through that are just landmark fil- films like people didn't even think about. Like Vampire Circus came out and people didn't know about it until the Blu-ray came out. So it's understandable that you didn't know a certain movie came out a certain year. Well, that's what I was asking you earlier about. Like, how were people watching Hammer films? And Definitely TBS. And Louisville, and Louisville Kentucky, yeah. in the seventies. Uh, we had horror host. We had two. We had the uh, Fearmonger, and then I think his name was Richard Fry. I can't if I remember correctly on uh, Memories of Monsters. Dick Fry. Yeah. Huh. That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> it was my favorite, actually. Uh, it's one that people don't really talk about, but that guy, yeah, he was he was he was one of my favorites. But he was like dead in the eighties. You had Elvira, at least in this area, and then. Richard Fry. Yeah. We picked up like the Chicago channels too, though, here. So we always picked up the Chicago channel. So you get the Chicago like horror host. The TBS. Yeah. yeah. And then the ones from like Indianapolis would come on the TV sometimes too. Sammy so, Terry. Yeah. And, yeah. All those guys when I was growing up. But it was like super late night TV. Like you had to actually get through the paid programming shit yeah. to get to like the horror host stuff sometimes. So you had to go like maybe order a watch or two and then you can watch Sammy Terry. Mm. <laughs> you, you you mentioned you mentioned a lot of the directors, uh, the, a lot of the movies, and a lot of these directors got their start in the seventies too. They, they, oh, they yeah. big breaks. A lot of them came out of film school or just scrounged, you know, scrounged up enough money to make their first films. Uh, Wes Craven, Toby Hooper. I mean, I've got a lot up there, but there are so many more that we don't even have time to to, to dig into. Who just really shined in the seventies and then the eighties. They kind of got sucked into the studio system because I guess maybe that's where they wanted to go the whole time. Yeah. Even Martin Scorsese, you could say Taxi Driver. I've got that up there. 76. I mean, that's a fucking landmark movie for just the, uh, the violence, what it's trying to say, the political yeah. aspect, everything about it. It's not necessarily like a horror movie, but it is like violent as shit. It's actually more uncomfortable than most like horror films that I've seen. So, And that's a whole other like, weird genre. Think about it. Like there's movies that we always connect to that aren't really horror films as splatter films like say machete it's not a horror film but you're going to go to every horror convention and see machete stuff yeah especially like Danny Trejo yeah Yeah. and Robert Rodriguez being associated with it that seems to be a weird thing that happens if you're like a horror director anything you put out gets associated with the genre even if it's not that but how many horror films did Rodriguez actually direct like two three yeah really like from dusk till dawn yeah and then, and then uh, planet terror yeah that's about it other than that they're all even from dusk till dawn it's kind of more so an action movie or yeah i mean i, I get it but that's what i'm saying like there's like that weird exploitation slant that came out of the 70s or actually came out of the 60s and really got bloody in the 70s well the 70s we is like all kinds of exploitation mavericks came out and just there's a there's a lot of great books about that joe bob wrote a great book about it uh profoundly disturbing yeah he goes about the porno industry that came out of the 70s uh, oh, well, that's still, that's still going strong. Yeah, it is. But it made it mainstream. You could go to a real theater, not just a grindhouse theater, and see Deep Throat. And like celebrities were going to the movie premiere. Why would you do that? Because it got it became sexy. It became not just haha sex, but like cocaine, disco, like and porn. Hundred people and just have a boner. Yeah, 
Why? Why not? People didn't have cell phones then. That's yeah. really weird. You could go to a theater and not just, a, and you can go in like in a, in a mink coat instead of a raincoat. I don't like this. <laughs> I just, I would be like totally uncomfortable. Like I was a kid, like, like I would hate when I would get like morning wood at school, and then that fucking national anthem would come on. Oh, you gotta stand up, and you have to like, and I always forgot my books, so like I started remembering them because that's what protect my dick, you know. Stand up, put the book right in front of my dick there. Everybody knew Derek. Yeah, but I want to be the drive-in, like fucking sitting there, and I'm like, oh man, I want some popcorn. I forget I have a boner, and I just walk up and like poke somebody or something. Right. That's weird. Oh my god, I'm not okay with that <laughs> situation. Uh, I didn't even like watching porn with my friends back then, you know, like everybody was like, hey, look what I found on LimeWire. And I'm like a fucking virus, but they have LimeWire. There's like boobs here. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to watch I it. Guess it's, I guess it's better than finding porn in the woods, which if you're mine and Steve age, you probably remember finding porn in the woods. Oh, yeah. 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 Dumpster diving. And then you have a whole awesome stack in your clubhouse. I, I just dug through people's parents' bedrooms. I was that kid. And yeah. they always had like the, if you found it, it was like these like phone book style covers, you know? Yeah. For porn, I'm like, man, they made it really like embarrassing for you to buy porn. They're like, let's put it in a cereal box. Well, they had <laughs> porn. Porn parodies were a bit hilarious when I was a kid. There was one that like it was, oh, oh fuck, it was Burt Reynolds and and uh, and uh, Dolly Parton, a porn a parody? parody. Yeah, but it was not not a video. It was a, a magazine I found. Like those two doing very strange. Oh yeah. no, okay, that's yeah, good. Though. Yeah. I would watch that. <laughs> We should probably get away from this. I'm sorry that I like yeah, well, got sidetracked. Hold talking on. about porn in the '70s and exploitation, it kind of all kind of all connects. Yeah, I mean, I, '70s is like really where like the whole trash film craze like really starts. It got know? embraced. Yeah, everything's were blowing up in the in the '60s, yeah. especially everything that I love about like the '80s came from like all this bullshit that started in the '70s. But we just took it way more seriously back then. Yeah, 80s I mean, did it like all the same shit. You made it slapstick and added like a, bad metal to it. You're not going to have Nazi exploitation in the 80s. By that time, they were already trying to clean it up. It was, you know, Republican owned Ronald Reagan. That's not going to happen in my theater. But yeah. in the 70s, He's you're going to have Elsa everywhere. On. Yeah, Elsa <laughs> and every damn werewolf. Look at us. Uh, surf Nazis must die. Yeah, but that's only a video store for the most part. Yeah, but that's if video existed in the 70s. How many of these would have came out in the movies? Mm, yeah. True. Definitely not the Good porn point. shit you were talking about. No. <laughs> People were like, fuck that, dude. I'm sick of having a boner next to all my friends. Trying to eat these raisinets. <laughs> <laughs> now would you be going with your friends? Is that I would I would imagine. Who goes to the to... movies alone? Well, That's even creepier. Like a hundred people that all came alone. I mean, why, they're not going to come alone. But that's but why uh, it's community. <laughs> One of the things they had to do because of the drive-in is they had, they had to make even more and more crazy movies be available because people were sitting at home. You could yeah. sit at home and watch uh, Gargoyles or what's another one? Oh, like Salem's Lot, uh, Satan's School for Girls, Duel, which is, uh, you know, Spielberg's yeah. basically, he remade, he remade that for Jaws. I also love that you put Elvis 79 on there, by the way. I had to. Because nobody fucking talks about that movie. That's the Kurt Russell one. John, right? Ro John Carpenter's John Carpenter. Elvis. And it's not horror. It's not even connected, but it's it's connected through John Carpenter and Kurt fucking awesome. And Russell. it was on TV, like just a random made for TV yeah. movie. I love that fucking movie. I do too. I, I don't have think I've ever seen that one. Man, it's so weird. He talks yeah. to his, like his, his dead brother, like it's a shadow. It's weird. It's, it, you know, not the whole movie, but that's. It's really, really weird. Like it's, it's weirder than any other like Elvis fucking movie I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a weird one. I, I was shocked that you had that on there because I've talked to a bunch of like diehard Elvis fans about it. I'm like, yeah, remember when Kurt Russell was Elvis? I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not real. Yes. Yeah, it is. It was in the 70s. John Carpenter was, I guess, bored after Halloween. He's trying like, to branch out. Yeah, but that was like right after Halloween, right? Yeah, uh, let's see. Elvis came out in 79, yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. One year Halloween's later. like 78 and then Elvis happened. Yeah. 
He's just filming Halloween. He's just like, I really want to fucking make an Elvis movie right now. But like a lot of directors, especially even, I mean, it doesn't matter really what decade is that you, they start out in say low budget horror or whatever. And then they, they have aspirations to get bigger. I mean, Romero did the same thing. He tried to make in the seventies. He did. There's always vanilla. There's, um, What's in there? I mean, Season of the Witch is like a mishmash of, of like cut up movies, but yeah, it got marketed as a horror film. It's not. I don't think I like any Romero movie that's not a zombie movie. Oh, that's not true. The Crazies. Martin is fucking amazing. Okay, I like Martin. You're right. Martin, uh, Dawn of the Dead. He, you know, he, Dawn of the Dead's a zombie movie. I didn't know if anybody told you. I know. <laughs> I was just rambling about my, some of my favorite 70s uh, Romero films. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying, but I, I, you know, what's funny is when we get to the 80s, we're going to do this episode... Uh, at least once a month. So the yeah. 80s, Night Riders is my favorite Romero film, but it's not, it came out in 1980. So I love Night I Riders. I can't talk about that yet. So shit, I can't really. Yeah, but we're in the 70s right now. I'm talking about 70s Romero. Yeah, and the, crazies, the, 70s, Martin, like Martin the Crazies. Martin is his avant-garde like vampire Martin. film. And if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Yeah, I think Martin's really cool. Dawn of the Dead's actually my favorite film of his. So that was for my shit. goddamn good reason. Yeah, but then I watched it with my kids and they ruined it for me because they hated it. Well, because they're seeing a bunch of gray, ma- you know, the, face zombies. The blood with, was driving with, them crazy. With a 60s era before yeah, like Stan Winston. Blood. Well, I mean, like I, like I was talking or about, Dick, the Dick Exorcist Smith, scaring the shit out of me because my mother told me it was real. Like when I worked at the video store, kids would come in and be like, hey, I want to see yeah. a scary movie. I'm like, watch The Exorcist. And they'd be like, that wasn't scary. I'm like, you have no soul. Well, because people also watch it with like five or six people in the room now. And they all talk fucking through it. Take a bathroom break. And take a bathroom break. Yeah. It's, it's different when you turn all the lights on off you're not paying attention to anything else and you're just watching this movie then it, the exorcist is creepy it's still fucking creepy if i sit by myself at like 2 a.m turn everything fucking off besides my tv and just watch the exorcist and get lost in it it's fucking creepy or the even the omen which i don't love i've talked about that before that little fucking kid if you want to <laughs> you want to hear a story about him go back a few episodes you can hear me rant about that that time at the convention where he tackled a guy I think it was that, it was that kid, right? That's yeah, what we yeah okay, that was cool. the one. We, we, Freddie got that. fucked. You'll, you'll also the Freddie got fucked kid. story yeah. is great. I got all these child stars mixed up. But that movie was like genuinely fucking creepy. Like at the end where he stares at the camera and he's like sad for a second and then he kind of giggles. Right. And just, that's fucking weird. Yeah, man. Richard Donner told him a little joke or said, you know, said something funny to him and he got a little smirk out of it. Yeah. It's perfect. And it's that perfect weird time. way of like great making filmmaker. you question what happened. Like, oh, what did this yeah. little kid do it all? Or is he just some innocent little goof? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't. <laughs> I mean, the the seventies also then, embraced the, uh, the the satanic panic almost the beginning of it. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's uh, the they came out of, of Rosemary's shit. Baby, which the sequel to Rosemary's Baby came out in the seventies and it's awful. What's the sequel to Rosemary's Baby? It's called I think Look What Happened to Rosemary's Baby. I'm not. I think I, I know it's got to be up there. Yeah, it's on. It's actually a, t- a TV movie. Oh. Um, I recently watched it uh, while actually uh, you know doing some homework on this episode and I was like oh I'll check this out it has a lot of the same actors has a lot of the Satanists that are, that are in yeah. it but Guy is different you know it's not Nick Cassavetes it's not um, it's not um, oh my god the star of the fucking movie Steve <laughs> yeah uh, Rosemary thank you no I, <laughs> senility we're gonna go back to that and now if hey guys oh we got a call we're gonna uh, accept you gotta accept it's a tablet too Hey, we're gonna we're watching a video and we're gonna um, floating, maybe. Yeah, John Dugan's calling in. John. Hey. Hey, did you use the uh, the video or the phone icon? Well, I used the video. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, hold on a sec. There we go. Oh, I gotta accept him. I gotta yeah. accept it. Hold this on. is we're getting new with this people. We're not doing a split screen. There he is. We're not hey, doing. Oh my God! Look at the titties. <laughs> Look at them titties. Johnny's titties. Yeah, 
Um, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain to everybody. We're not doing the old split screen bullshit. We're actually going to have him as a guest. John's calling from Tennessee. Oh, it also sucks in Louisville right now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if you can tilt your phone or your camera a little bit more. There you go. Sweet. There he is. We miss you, baby. Uh, can you hear us? Hey, baby. Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, Derek is off to your, uh, your right. You're right. But yeah. you can't really see him. But Who's, he's... Who's the guy? Uh, oh, huh. This is Dave. This is Death Metal Dave. This is Derek. If you saw Derek's face, you'd know Derek. You know Derek Sturgeon. Uh, Nobody remembers me. <laughs> that's okay. Probably. He, he's off to your right, but you really can't see him. But uh, yeah, we're we're doing this a little bit different than most people you would know, do it. I, you know, I, I, I left I left the neighborhood over six years ago, believe it or not. Oh, I know. Holy shit. Yeah, John used to live in Louisville. That's, that's how we all know him. Yeah, it doesn't sound that long. You know, long ago. Yeah. You know, I lived a twenty minute walk from your joint. You know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I miss seeing you at the Gore Club, baby. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, we're actually. I miss just, my Gore Club president. We miss you. We're digging uh, d- uh, dick deep into seventies horror and oh, exploitation thanks. right now. Uh, <laughs> and and I knew that you grew you grew up through that whole. Th- How old were you when you actually filmed the the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Like eighteen, nineteen. I was twenty. Twenty. I was close. It uh, was a. Uh, yeah, it was forty-seven. It was forty-seven years ago this month. Jesus, fuck, shit. <laughs> I thought I read. I thought I read that you all started filming forty-seven years ago. This week was when it started filming, and it could be wrong. The summer of holy shit, holy. Yeah, no. I did. Oh, we got a little bit of stag. Oh, oh, we got uh, frozen. It's okay. It'll it'll unfreeze. Soon, we got you on free. We're freezing you. Oh, the internet must be really bad out there, <laughs> or maybe it's our internet. Maybe it's our internet. Could be ours. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it's frozen on your face, though. You can't. You 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 probably have no idea. There you go. Sweet. Okay. We're doing all right. Yeah, we're doing all right. We got. We kind of froze up on us a little bit. Better? Yeah. There you go. You're looking good. Yeah, well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have, oh, well, so are you. <laughs> you know, I've, uh, I've been, uh, I've lost 45 pounds <laughs> since I last saw you. Yeah. But uh, that's the cancer diet, you know. <laughs> but oh, I fuck. figured once I've got it off. Well, this just got real heavy. Off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this just got real heavy, John. Thanks. <laughs> you, know, and, but, you know, there's nothing like... Uh, Having a tube, just eating through a tube in your stomach for six months to lose a little bit of weight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever want that to happen. Yum yum. Yeah, yum yum. Yum yum. Eat them up. <laughs> you miss all the good, the good, uh, the the flavor of all the good food. It's just like slime. Uh. It's okay. I had so much radiation in my mouth, I can't taste a fucking thing anymore. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I can now, but I couldn't for the first you know, couple of months. But, so how's things going in Louisville? Oh, we're good, Besides, man. Besides uh, demonstrations and the fucking lip dicky still being assholes. Oh, yeah. They, you they, know, I don't, I, 
I don't know if you remember, Steve. I'm sure we talked about this. But when the LMPD first got online and had their first website, it was lmpdky.org, and it was on all the backs of their, all their cars. <laughs> and look. And it looked just, and it looked, it was pretty much said Limp Dicky. You know? <laughs> I love you, John. I knew you were going to get political. You know, that makes us happy. It, it said Limp Dicky, except with, with all the, you know, the vowels taken out of it. <laughs> so we all started referring to them as the Limp Dickies. And in about six months, they changed, they changed the fucking <laughs> web address. That's the way to get but hit. Man, I, they finally caught on. Those, co- those cops there are, they've been assholes for years, man. And, you know, murdering assholes now. But, uh, they've always been murdering assholes. Sons of bitches shot my dog, or my cat. They shot, my neighbor uh, was the woman who owned the cahoots. Oh, yeah. Marcia. Marcia. She, Marcia. Yeah, Marcia. Marcia. She lived. I can't remember. She lived across. Marcia. She lived across the street from me, on the same side of Burnwood, but across the cross street. And, uh, you know, one uh, afternoon I was sitting uh, in my living room, and I had, a, I had a front door open. And I heard a gunshot, and I ran out on the porch, and this fucking cop had just shot her fucking dog. She had two Rottweilers. And uh, he was standing outside of her fence, and he shot through to her backyard. The dog had already, you know, somebody reported the dog was running loose, and the police showed up, and the dog ran back in his backyard. All the son of a bitch had to do was reach up and close the gate. But he shot that dog twice, through the gate and into, into her backyard. And he was still standing there in a shooter's stance with his gun smoking when it came out, you know. And then, oh, about four months later, uh, I had a knock on my door, and it was a neighbor saying, Do you, "Don't you own that little orange and white, the orange and white cat?" I said, "Yeah, lucky. What's the matter? He just uh, he got hit by a car, and the cops just shot him." And I went out there; it was the same fucking cop. <laughs> God. The same, the same cop, and uh, and uh, my cat was fucking, you know, brains blown out in the street, and uh, disgusting, you know, eyeball hanging out and everything. My fucking little lucky, you know, it wasn't so lucky that day, but um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, but um, so you know. He said, uh, sir, I had to do it. He was uh, he was dying. He was in such pain. He was in excruciating pain. I just put him down. Jesus. I was like, okay, it's all right. No one got a box. And I tossed the can to the cat. But took him to the backyard to bury him. You know, and I found out about a month later from another neighbor down there who had seen the whole thing. He said, that cat just had a busted leg. I don't know why they... Why the cop killed it? That cat was fine. I said, are you kidding? He goes, no. You know, maybe a broken forepaw or something. There was practically nothing wrong with that cat. 
Now, the son of a bitch. So, here's a, you know, this is what a fucking idiot I am. And I've done this in two different cities. <laughs> I called the fucking precinct and filed a, a, a fucking formal complaint about the cop. You know, I said, you have a trigger-happy asshole in the neighborhood, and I want him rode up. Well, in order to do that, you have to give your name, address, phone number, you know, all your information. Well, after that, every cop in the precinct had it out for me. I'd have to get home from work. Yeah, that happens. And if I wanted to go out, I'd have to go home from, from work, drop my car off, and walk to the nearest uh, place to go have a couple drinks, you know, and uh, about two years after that, you know, I was living on Jukra Street uh, uh, near uh, Varsan Road. Um, I was coming home after going to the Indian uh, grocery store and liquor store a couple blocks away. And I had a, you know, a 12-pack of beer. And there was this couple extremely drunk. No. Really, really drunk, just weaving down the street. And uh, one of the guy was bleeding from where he, uh, down his face from where he apparently just staggered into a fucking wall of a building or something, you know. Sounds like And they were right? just like, wow, terrible. And I was behind them, staying behind them. And they came up to a van, opened the door, and they had about a fucking four-month-old baby in a car seat in a fucking van. So I dialed 911 and I said, you have a highly intoxicated couple here and they have a, a baby in the car. Please send somebody, you know, I know it's, and then the owner of that Indian restaurant that's open all night there, um, you know, it's like a bar and some Indian guys on it. Uh, he came running out and they'd walked on their check. So he came running out and he reached in and he pulled the keys out of the ignition. So they couldn't take off. And the police showed up. And uh, this woman was acting going, da, 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 with this baby, you know, when the cops got there. And, you know, I, I said, you, you know, you need to call the Child Protective Services right away, officer. This woman is in no shape, way, shape, or form incapable uh, of being a mother. And something has to be done. And he goes, well, we know our job. I said, really? No, call, you know, CPS. And he grabbed me by my fucking shirt, and it was the same cop that shot my cat and shot Martha's dog. Was it Margaret or Martha? Uh, Marcia. Martha. Martha. That's not going there years ago. The same fucking cop. And he picked me up by the front of my shirt and threw me. Up against the wall, said one more word, motherfucker. One more word. I didn't say anything. And uh, then his partner came over. They were playing a good cop, back copy. And he goes, Yeah, you probably should. He goes, What's your plan, sir? And I said, I will. I think I'm, you know, if you guys throw me, I'm just going to walk home. He goes, That's a good idea. But they knew who I was. They they knew that I they knew exactly who the fuck I was. Yeah. I'm sorry to get me so serious on. No, you, know, you don't have no, to apologize fine, for a fucking thing. We get political on here 
all the time. We're always taking political jabs. We're always talking about politics. And that's the thing about this genre, uh, especially during the 70s, is is uprising, revolution, uh, independent filmmakers coming together and having something to say because they just lived through the fucking 60s. And now it's our turn at the time to be like, you know what, I'm going to make this exploitation movie. But the, the subtext is human rights. Yeah, and I'm super glad that story didn't end with that cop shooting the baby because yeah. I thought that's where it was going. Yeah, in my stupid mind, no, like he's gonna shoot the baby. Yeah, don't apologize <laughs> for a fucking thing, cop. John. Well, we keep it light because the world is fucked, but we always make sure that we always are always going back to talk about, like we're talking about black exploitation. We're talking about all these reasons these these things kind of happen, and it's not you know it's it's organic, but it's it's a world it's a it's a it's an issue worldwide. And especially here in America, when it comes to police brutality, uh, Black Lives Matter. I mean, this, oh, this has been going on forever. And to people act like it's like a new thing, that's they're, they're not paying attention. So don't apologize for a fucking thing. You can talk about that as much as you want. And we're always going to try to bring bring like some levity to the subject just to keep it going. But no, man, we're here to talk about these the filmmakers and the actors, the writers who have something to say, especially during the 70s. So it's perfect. Um, and you were you grew up in the theater at the time, right? Yes, I started in the theater. Well, in high school, back in the sixties, late sixties. Yeah, we're gonna have to turn I, it up I, a little bit. I moved, I moved to Chicago, went to go. theater school at the Art Institute of Chicago. I started in nineteen seventy one, and I was there until nineteen seventy four, and. Uh, no. Yeah. That was still there when I did Chainsaw. Because that was the summer of 73, right? Yeah. Yeah. Summer of 73 really came out shot. in 74. Yeah. Yeah. And we're and not, I was there one more year after that. And then we're not here like to just to talk about Chainsaw with you. I, I, I wanted your perspective on that timeline because you lived it. You lived during those times of when had people had something to say, like I said, coming out of the 60s, and Vietnam wasn't even over yet. Uh, yeah, there was some great, great independent film coming out there. Oh, you know? they're fucking amazing. Uh, uh, well, Easy Rider being, <laughs> you know, one of them. But, oh, uh, yeah, Dennis Hopper, kicking ass. Yeah. But there was a lot of counter counterculture films, and then, you know, Robert Altman was doing some really... Uh, neat things and, and uh, but the problem then which we really don't have now but, it's, but this is this has become a problem now but it was really expensive to make a film back then Chainsaw yeah, or uh, uh, or Easy really Ride. really expensive oh yeah you know film film is expensive film stock is expensive and lab costs are expensive and uh, I'm glad you talk about that because a lot of people don't think about that. You know, a really good camera, you have to, you can't, you know, nobody owns one. They cost too much. You have to rent it at an absorbent cost, you know. Uh, now, we, <laughs> I should sure say Daniel Pearl. Danny Pearl. Uh, he, uh, cinematographer. He was like, he was like the head, uh, he was finishing up his degree in, uh, in the film department at, uh, at University of Texas in Austin. 
and he had keys to the <laughs> to all the shit because he was like uh, you know a, uh, a professor's assistant kind of guy you know and it was summer and you know he just went in there and grabbed a fucking camera <laughs> yeah they'll never know what was missing no and yeah and he and Toby and Kim they were he and Toby and other film makers who were involved in that uh, film had been saving short ends of film stock too you know in our refrigerator so uh, we were using you know some leftover film stock who was that? She's poking their head in there. Oh, that was Derek. Derek's off to your side. Oh, hey, yeah. Hey, Derek. Derek's just hitting the bottle over there. Yeah. So strange. I just ate a couple of fucking edibles, man. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I'm kind of like, what the fuck was that? Uh, <laughs> um, where was I? You were talking about Danny oh, Pearl, Kim Hinkle. Yeah, and uh, so, but the lab costs, we didn't have camera costs, you know, but still, you know, dollies and dolly track and lights and all that shit all had to be rented. And eventually, you know, we didn't have enough film, you know, to do the whole film, so film had to be bought. And then uh, it, it had to be sent to, a, there wasn't a lab, uh, some lab in Texas, so the film had to be shipped every day to Los Angeles, you know, overnighted, developed and overnighted back. So the you know the cost of, of doing film back then, and we did it on the fucking cheap, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, really, you know, I think our original budget, I think, I had this down to the fucking penny. The original budget was $85,000. And we ran out. Oh, I bet. Like the first week in August. The film alone. First week in, you know, first week in August or so. And uh, so we shut down. And uh, the producers and and uh, you know the production manager and everybody went scrambling trying to find money. Went to the Texas Film Commission. Maryland had a couple really good connections there, and we they managed to chip in and they found somebody, and we got another fifty thousand dollars. So we finished the film for one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars which is a fucking unheard of so cheap for some shot off film particularly you know? and uh then uh there was another hundred thousand cost in a post-production so we did the whole thing for two hundred thirty five thousand dollars you know got it on the screen for two hundred thirty five thousand and it made countless tens of millions. You, know? <laughs> you would never know. see it. You would never see that no, money. No, Brian's then fucked everybody. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't. I didn't get paid for a year. I, I, I got paid almost exactly. It was more than a year later. It was after the film. I got paid out of first money. I didn't want a percentage because I thought, well, there never would be a percentage. Yeah. 
Everyone else did. So uh, I, I got, thought they were. I got paid out of the first box office. So it was like the first or second week in October. I got a check in the mail in my little coach house apartment in Chicago for $637. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I ever made on it. You know, which is fine, but I'm still making money on it. So over the years, making personal appearances and selling autographs, I've made it. It was not a bad few days' work, let me tell you, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just hot. That's a paycheck that just keeps on coming. <laughs> yeah, well, we've, uh, I mean, I've, I've met Gunner many times and actually had personal conversations, and obviously you know him, oh, duh. But like, the, the, to listen to him tell the stories about about waiting for the back end, like you said, you, you didn't want a percentage, but some of those actors and people in the crew were waiting for those points to come in, and they they just didn't know they were ever going to come. And that's a, that yeah. fucking sucks. That's some Hollywood accounting. No, no that's and some then, mafia accounting. Then when everybody started suing everybody, it was taken out of, out of circulation for like seven years while they worked things out in court and all that shit. Yeah. And finally, I think the cast and any crew or whatever that may have had points got a pit, pittance, you know, a few grand <laughs> hey, or something. You got you some know. crumbs. <laughs> I'm crushing your head with my crumbs. And uh, <laughs> I'll squeeze your face. I can eat it. I love that show. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> What are we talking about? <laughs> you can talk about anything you want, to. baby. But we're, Man, those gummies, those gummies just whacked me upside down. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk uh, about, I mean, if you want to talk about something else, we can. Let's talk about some of the, your favorite things no. that came out of the 70s, besides the movies you oh, were in. Oh, no, I know. I was going to say, I remember... Uh, um, okay. Gunner told me years ago. Oh, that's right. We, we were talking about Gunner over here. Uh, well, when I told him to talk, uh, talk about back... In, He's in high and I'm senile. Stuff. And, uh, you know, and, I, and he and I had done this film in Tennessee called Shudder. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a, a base a day, day rate, uh, which was not much. So we both had. And. Uh oh. They lose me. They uh -oh. lose you, John. We lost you for a second, John. We're trying to do our tech. No, there we go. There you, We're go. Back. you know, you know, what I've learned over the years is there never is a backup. Mm. Somehow they make it so there never is a backup. You know? Yeah. I mean, some people have made really good backup deals. Very, very, very few. Very few. You know, like uh, fucking uh, uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> In the whole uh, 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 Matrix yeah. thing, it didn't take a salary. It went for back end deal and did quite well. Oh, but, yeah. You know. But they actually, uh, you know, they stood by their deal, you know. And uh, yeah, that's kind of a thing for an established actor to do now. You know, if they this thing's going to be a huge hit, they'll turn down their salary and take a back end deal. You know, and if the producers want to gamble on that, you know, they'll do it. It's harder to fuck people over in this day and age because we all will talk about it on social media. Like, 
if I were, if somebody were to fuck you over yeah. at, a, at a convention, you're on there the next day saying these motherfuckers didn't even pay me, or I wasn't even booked. Like, so it's a little bit harder yeah. nowadays. Can't do shit anymore, man. There's my kidnap, you, know? you can't fuck anybody over anymore. Yeah, there goes my kidnapping business. <laughs> you know? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! You keep lock. You keep locking up on us. Did you say Mike Nesmith? Maureen McCormick. Maureen McCormick and the Brady Bunch was a But anyway. <laughs> the last one I remember was but, the hospital, and that was, whew, that was brutal. That was uh, Rock, Paper, Scissors. I don't know if you've seen it. No, we have. I play a total fucking, oh man, he does, I, I kick ass in this film. <laughs> I play a, a I play a, Pedophile, the fucking perverted uncle who essentially, I'm mostly, I'm all in flashback because it goes back to this guy's childhood. The guy's a psychosexual serial killer, you know. And uh, he keeps flashing back to his uncle that the, the sexually abused, abused him both psychologically and sexually as a child, you know. Yeah. So I had to, you know, I had to, I had to research pedophilia a little bit, you know, to do the role. Oof. And uh, because man, I didn't want to fuck this up. It was a good opportunity to work with Tom Holland as director. And, you know, a script by Dick, and, and it was, I just loved the role so much. I mean, it's the you can just chew the fucking scenery up with something like that. <laughs> and uh, literally, excuse me, my nose was. It's free. <laughs> That's a great freeze frame. It's a great freeze frame. <laughs> John Dugan, I love it. I love it. Oh. You know, I had to do some research. Research, yeah. In our office here, here at the, here at the house, you know, and I'm, I'm watching and I'm sitting at my desk watching an interview with a pedophile in England yeah. oh, man. who was trying to get the who was uh, in prison but he's campaigning to the age of consent uh, dropped down to eight years old or something like that what the fuck you know, or five years some shit no That's one year difference yeah. <laughs> Jesus and uh, so Stacy comes into something. <laughs> she looked I said, no, I've been watching interviews with, with pedophiles. And I, I've been watching interviews with pedophiles. She goes, uh, Don, what search criteria did you type into? <laughs> oh, yeah. FBI watch list automatic. <laughs> That's what... 
What if like somebody didn't know you did that and they stumbled across your history? You know, I just typed in how to, you know, how can I be? (laughs) He's moving around so fast with the camera. It's like, did you say you typed in how can I be a pedophile? How can I be a pedophile? (laughs) (laughs) You're definitely on the FBI watch list. I learned more than I I did more than I really cared to doing that fucking thing. God. It's dedication, <laughs> sir. That's dedication. Oh, I love this episode. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 so since we're on a roll, talking about oh, we are on a roll. We're on a roll. What okay. things would happen? I want to know what what you think the Sawyer family would do in the COVID crisis. Oh, that's a great question. What what, what would the Sawyer family do right now? Right now, I, during know, the... I think that they I say they'd have the coolest masks of any neighbor there is or anything. Yeah. Absolutely, they uh, make they make everybody wear a mask. Yeah. Yeah, and we're talking yeah, about you and your family, go, by the way. They, they could probably go into the you know make all money on the side going into the mask business selling masks. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be on Etsy. You'd have Etsy masks. <laughs> Go to my website. No, I never. No, what, what isn't Etsy like Amazon or something? No, well, it's like if like if you and I made craft masks and then we put them on the internet. Etsy is an easy easy way to distribute them and sell them oh. and spill shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's like arts and crafts yeah, they, Amazon. They, mm-hmm. They'd be on Etsy. Yeah, you have Etsy and masks by the Sawyer. The thing is, they were pretty isolated anyway, so they probably would just go on. I love this Tron music. It's awesome. <laughs> They probably won't even know about it. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Derek is thinking, that's a good point. Would they even be sophisticated enough to know about the internet? The Sawyers? I don't know. They would have gotten with it. You think so? One of their victims would help them out with the, uh, knowing like, hey, this is my laptop. Let me show you how it works so don't kill me. No, I can't can't pick. (laughs) Oh, we cut out again. Yeah, it's all right. Do you know, uh, you, you know, I don't know if you've read anything about some, some nonverbal autistic children. Yeah. You know, have never spoken to their parents or anything. They found if they give them like a laptop computer, they will start, they really take to it and they'll start communicating through the computer, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Huh. They, they learn how to type, you know, how to spell and how to type, and they start communicating with their parents that way. So, who knows? Maybe Leatherface would. <laughs> <laughs> all Holy other, shit! All, all Leatherface needed was a speak and spell, and he would have been fine. He had one in part three. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't picture them calling an internet service provider. <laughs> that really some shit long... That's a good I've got, one. I've got a. <sighs> I kind of went a long way with that, didn't I? <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but Leatherface did have a speaking spell in part three. I'll be over. I'll be overthinking everything for the next fucking three hours. <laughs> great! I love it. I love it. That's a great question, Dave. <laughs> oh shit! With this, I just I can't remember. Remember. I just think of that technology changing everything. Leatherface is suddenly what? a sweetheart. <laughs> Leatherface is suddenly a sweetheart because of the internet. Nah, some troll would piss him off and he'd go cut him up. Yeah, and they would keep you alive by how, like biotechnology. 
I don't know. Like yeah, a little arm grandpa? Uh, yeah. They would, keep, they would keep grandpa alive like he's an animatronic. That's possible. <laughs> what if they get one of those, like, uh, speaking of technology, one of those, like, uh, digital freezers that have all sorts of weird, different shit you could do with them. To keep all the meat in. <laughs> great talk. Just to keep all the meat in there. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. Is there such a thing? I just is there such a thing? I just make that up in my head. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, there probably is. I mean, there's a digital everything else. There has to there's be. There's got to be a yeah, good I point there. I have no idea. <laughs> if you just made it up, you should be writing this shit down, John. You I can... cannot wait to watch this episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. Don't be sorry. This is I fucking great. You should do gummy bears every time we interview no. you. I busted a fucking rib oh. a week and a half. Oh, of no, man. So I've just been, so yeah, so I've just been eating fucking gummies like, like I'm mad. Well, man. glass half full. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that's okay, man. I need to do edibles next time we do this, too. <laughs> uh, I think awesome. everybody should all the time. The world would be a better place. I think we should I think it should, we should all just be stoned all the time and be so great. <sighs> we chill the fuck out, yeah. <laughs> chill the fuck yeah, out, everybody. Yeah. 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 Except, you know, like, I would want people like in the license branch to be stoned when I'm, <laughs> when I'm trying to renew my license right now. You know? No, yeah, they might. Yeah. <laughs> They're already slow enough there. We don't need to slow them down. Oh, oh yeah. Fuck, I can't even get into those places right now. You can just do it online, right? I don't know. I got to renew my license this week anyways. Thanks, guys. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, what do you want to jump into? Oh, shit. Let's talk about something, John. Let's talk about something. I, 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 think, I, I think my truck needs plates. <laughs> <laughs> Your truck needs plates? What do you want to talk about? I don't know. We, uh, what we do were, you want to talk about? Let's talk. Well, we were talking about. Uh, I'll tell you what, hey, I'll tell you what, Chibi. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to run out of juice. I'm going to run out of juice on this phone. Okay. Well, I didn't know we'd be this long. Oh, man. I, I knew I, we were going to have some fun with you. I know it. <laughs> you know, I, I did an, you know, I did an hour and a half with Mike Wilkerson. Wilkerson. Wil, 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 Wilkie. That works. I did like an hour and a half with Wilkie uh, yeah. on his show just earlier, and I forgot to plug back in. So. Okay. You want to call it a, call it a wrap on you uh, on your call? Yeah, and we'll do it again. So oh, yeah, we will. We'll do it again. Yeah, we can't wait to have you back. We'll all take gummies next time. Yeah, we'll do gummies together next time. Yeah. We'll oh, all be so fucking so high so and drunk. So <laughs> <laughs> I would not feel so all alone. All alone. Everybody must get stoned. Oh, my God. I love you, John. All right, baby. We'll, uh, we'll call it a day then, all right? I love you guys. Take it easy, Please guys. Give my, you know, give every, give all my my friends in the Gore Club a big hug. For I will. Them, okay. We and will. Tell them I miss them. We will, man. You know. And I miss the Sunday meetings and just hang out. Oh, thanks. And uh, yeah, hanging out and drinking far too much and uh, having nonsense conversations about nothing. <laughs> That's what we're good at. <laughs> we are good about talking about nothing. Love you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, love you. 
Later, dude. We'll see ya. Derek's going to hit the button. Sweet. All right, everybody. Oh. Technical difficulties aside, that was awesome. That was a fun interview. Yeah. yeah. It got real heavy, and then it got like right where I was hoping it would go. I yeah. felt like we missed part of a joke. Oh, I well, think we missed about two or three jokes there with the cutout. Where he, but... where he and his beautiful wife are is in Tennessee, and, and I forgot what part. But I know they're kind of far out, if I remember correctly. And, you know, so anytime he was moving his phone, he would, he would lose his signal. Yeah, that's understandable. Not and like, you know, this is our first time doing the call in and this is pretty funny. <laughs> kind of like, kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> it was a fun interview. Once it started going, man, he deep dived into like his career and then the, the pedophile shit. Oh my like, God. What? Yeah. Having to re I mean, think about that. Having to research a role. I mean, I mean, we, we've all been in movies and yeah. uh, uh, bit parts or full parts, but like, I don't think I've ever had to Google how to be a pedophile. Yeah. I've never like... <laughs> Not those exact words, but I have had to go down like rabbit holes for shit for just research purposes. Yeah. And I'm always like, man, if I like die tonight and they get my laptop and oh. look at my search history and they're like, oh, he was fucked up. This is all he looked at for an entire day. And I'm yeah. like, no, guys, that's wasn't my thing. I was research. researching my role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Good excuse. I like it that he, you know, he, he brought up so many things that we were already talking about, like talking about, you know, cops and uh, I mean, why this decade took off especially in the underground because you had to and then being a low budget filmmaker just worrying about how much fucking film costs that's crazy to me when he told me how much that movie costs in general mm. like i kind of already knew that but like thinking about like you could probably make that movie now for like two thousand dollars oh yeah honestly like that same movie you can yeah. make like, probably I mean, from your fucking cell phone with a few extra things yeah but the crew yeah. and the people involved make that but they so were awesome. special no that movie it's one of my right. favorite horror movies of all time man and yeah it, it's still like besides fucking franklin like I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit <laughs> where do we go from here holy crap that was know. great Oh, what's uh, what's everybody's? We all got really quiet. Yeah. We just let him talk. We're like, "Wow, this is getting really <laughs> fucking heavy." And then he what's pulls your, out some good ones at the end. It's what's like, your okay. favorite movie from the seventies? Yeah, I, I absolutely can't do that. If you had to pick, oh, you got to pick one. Okay, how about one that you remember the most? Or what? No, it's kind of. It's not my favorite. The one that I, the one that impacted me the most as a kid. Jesus, that's tough because there's so many genres, subgenres. I mean, we haven't even talked about the musicals that exploded yeah. in the seventies, like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, we talked about, about you know Phantom yeah. of the Paradise and. You know, this kid's fan of the park, by the way, is a TV movie uh, that I totally forgot it was until I did some deep, deep dick and diving. Shut up. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, Helter Skelter freaked me out as a kid, made for television movie uh, and, and introduced me to Steve Rails back, who I love and his overacting scenery chewing. That one got me one of Derek's favorite Salem's Lot. <laughs> shit fuck off <laughs> it's true that movie affected me in ways that it just that's I, good yeah it, it fucked me up uh, but there's just too many there's so many like especially when i saw them because some of those i saw in the 90s i didn't even know like they, yeah. Eric was talking about like i didn't know certain movies were made uh, i mean halloween is so obvious and it's so, it's so tough to get past the ones that are really obvious to the ones that really affected me yeah but it's fuck. hard not to go with an obvious one because it's one like when you've watched the most or right. go to like for me it's probably clockwork orange like, right i feel like i've probably watched that more than i have almost any other movie whether it was like my stoner years right or just like hey you want to watch something kind of fucked up and has like a meaning to it all and shit like you just got a track record for showing people fucked up movies 
That's how you find yeah, your friends. Yeah, it's kind of my thing. That's yeah. how like I test people and shit though. Like I always show them like the most, not even the, like that's not the most fucked up shit I watch by far. Yeah. But I think it's more uncomfortable than a lot of movies that are just like straight exploitation because it is slightly like realistic. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it, the first time I watched Clockwork Orange, uh, I was just, I wasn't quite the young age I was for a lot of slashers, but I was still like 13, 14. I remember thinking they were going to be the good guys. Oh. from the, Well, because the first scene, remember that first time you see them, they yeah. interrupt that game. Or even the anti-heroes. Well, that's They're the not. second time you see them, I should say, because they beat up the fucking homeless guy. But in my young mind, I'm like, well, who knows what that was? But then they saved that girl. I mean, it looks like they're saving her anyway. <laughs> so it's awful. And then it all goes like downhill from there, but... But it also shows you like that whole conformity shit, you know, what they're doing to him in prison and in the all name the testing of and shit. And all, the, name the name of, of science. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're going to reform this guy. And at the end, they don't. God, I love that fucking happy. That end. last scene's the best, though. Oh, yeah. His I mean, he's laying there in the hospital fantasy. bed. His, you know, and it flashes to him like partying and being a total douchebag again. Right. He's like, yeah, I've changed. Nah, yeah. <laughs> See, yeah. For, for me, I mean, it's not up there, but Alien. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that well, that's a subgenre that people don't want. It's like it's a sci-fi horror film. Yeah, but a landmark was movie. It was what Alien was seventy. Hold on, it was in the seventies. I know that. I thought it was seventy-eight. I could be wrong. Yeah, I think 78, 77. Something I like love that. that movie, but I like the sequel more. So I Aliens. Can yeah, I understand that, but uh, I definitely understand that 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 way of looking at it because it's a sequel that's not the same he just said fuck it I'm gonna make my version yeah I'll make my version of the same movie essentially <laughs> it was 79 so what was that the 79 end? it's so like it right the, there in the, in yeah. the 70s but I mean that movie made a huge had a huge impact on me just 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 watching it and then started the whole like aliens craze back through the 80s yeah and it's still not dead they're it's still, still making dead. movies for that fucking franchise to this day uh, they're, talk, they're in talks right now I think Sigourney went from being yes to no I don't know. She'll probably, say yes eventually. She'll probably be a what hard What role no. is she going to play? Is she going to be... They'll clone her or some shit. Again? Like, oh, it's a clone. Again. Yeah. Let's, let's keep doing that. You can do that forever. I, I get Until excited by those movies. And then, uh, so that's the only one, Dave? Is the alien? That's oh, the no, one? no. I mean, that, that's one of my favorites. But I mean, Dawn of the Dead is obviously... Neat. There's a lot of easy ones, man, but... Um, I didn't put a lot of easy ones up there, actually. You know, yeah, you went like you, you know, you dug deep for this, and it's crazy how many of these like I haven't seen too. Like that's what I talked about earlier. I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like I thought I was pretty familiar with most of the content. Then I see this list, I'm like, Damn. "Either I haven't seen it, or I saw it once, yeah. and it's just been wiped from my memory." Because I'm sure a lot of these have been shown at your bar at some point. Oh yeah, but yeah. you know, the, the Christopher brain. Lee vampire well, like, and bourbons, like, oh, Christopher Lee vampire movies. Oh, the I Hammer mean, films. I remember Absolutely. a lot of those just yeah. watching them. Um, but I mean, Death Race 2000. God damn it. Roger Corman, man. Death Race 2000 is fucking awesome. That's what I had him sign. I have that 11 by 17, like shitty poster reprint from that. Yeah. And that's what I had Corman sign the one time I met him because I was not prepared to meet him at all. So I was like, well, what's one of my favorite movies? Fucking Death Race. So I'll buy it from like the bootleg poster guy at the convention. Had him sign it. I don't care. And I have never seen that dude again. This was almost, that was 11 years ago. And I haven't seen him at another convention since then. I haven't either. Uh, He doesn't, I don't know if he makes it out this side. Uh, this yeah, coast. at least in this, yeah, in the Midwest or, you know. Maybe like, maybe he met you and was just like, that's enough. Fuck that. Yeah, probably. I don't understand. And I got a shitty picture with him because the Gore Club founder, Jake, took the picture and yeah. he has a shaky hand. So, like, my eye looks like it's not connected to my face because it's that weird blur, you yeah. know? Like, Fuck, man. I'm never going to meet that dude again in my life. And I got the shitty picture. Have you ever seen the sequel to Death Race 2000? Not the one that everyone knows. There's, it's called Death Sport. I have it up yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that. Uh, it's like yeah. a loose... 
follow up. I, I would say, really yeah. yeah, it's with the uh, with the crystal swords and all that and the motorcycles. Uh, I don't. Even, I, I don't even. I guess it's like like I said, it's like a loose follow up. Yeah, I love that's the fir- that first one so fucking much though, and it's just because I watched this so many times. It's really not like the best movie, but. I just I love that shit, man. Like, <laughs> that's just that cheap Roger Corman bullshit, and uh, and David Carradine. Yeah. Well, they did a, a proper sequel to it. Um, what was it? Uh, what like the Jason Statham shit? No, 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 no. I uh, actually like those, by the way. I like those. The, there's multiples. Yeah, they actually made uh, one with Malcolm McDowell. He's like the president of I the United States. That. Yeah, yeah, and he's so over the top, and it's just like the original. If it's straight to DVD, you fucking call Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> He's on it. He's your guy. I mean, yeah, Caligula, all the, you know, the movies he did in the seventies, Clockwork Orange. Yeah. I mean, I didn't put those up there because to me, that's just, it's, in, it's, it's part, I love him because he's such a part of our girl. vernacular. We talk about those movies all the time. Uh, I should have yeah. put him up there. The town that dreaded sundown is not up there. There's yeah, that's what that was seventies. Yeah. See, I wouldn't have thought that either. So that's cool. And that's what I do a like the true story too. Yeah. I like the remake of that one. So. Yeah. Surprisingly, that was, it was really good. Yeah. And that was like straight to DVD, kind of no coverage for it. Yeah. That was good. Maybe that's how a movie has to be good these days. If nobody fucking talks about it, it usually ends up being better than the uh, giant Hollywood remakes. And we could dig into The Last House on the Left. That's one that always gets talked about, though, I think, when it comes to 70s movies, how the cinema has changed. I mean, it's... Man, it's I can't remember the last Wes time Craven's I watched It's Wes Craven's first that. film. Yeah. And, uh, and he you know grew up like Baptist, I think, and he was not even allowed to watch these kind of movies until college. He didn't see a horror movie until college. And he comes out of college and makes that. Yeah, what awesome. what happened to him in college? Uh, Baptist up, upbringing, not college. He just he he got woke, baby. It's like all those like <laughs> sheltered kids that become drug addicts and shit. Yeah, but Wes Craven was like, "Oh, make movies. I don't want to smoke crack. I want to make Last House <laughs> on the Left." Well, he had the opportunity to do to, to to continue and make a good life for himself, and he was like, "No, nah, I'm gonna make this fucking." Oh, he's gonna play. I mean, yeah. I think he still made a good I life can, for himself, but too. it's still it's struggling as a filmmaker compared to what I think he. I can. God, How I long was his struggle though? If he made Last House on the Left, fresh which out of nobody college. made money off of, probably. Yeah, but then Hills Have Sean, Eyes. Sean, uh, Sean went on to make Friday the Thirteenth, but he didn't do it with Wes Craven. He did The Hills Have Eyes, and he did a movie. I cannot remember what it was. Was it Sisters? If somebody's on, if you're watching this on YouTube, put it in the comments for us. But he did that to fund The Hills Have Eyes, and I can't remember the damn name of the movie. Is look yeah. it up, Dave. Thank you, Wes Craven. And he made a fuck ton of money in the '80s. Yes, he did. But that's the '80s. The '80s is like I said, those filmmakers who came up from nothing to if make I a statement sh- to get, start getting 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 paid, yeah. but still trying to make a statement. Maybe if John I could Carpenter struggle for especially. ten years, I'll take that. Hell yeah, ten year struggle. I got you. Are you talking you go- about the movie that he made after? After Last House on the Left, but before The Hills Have Eyes, the movie he the did. The Fireworks Woman? There you go. He, yeah, did, he made that, that He made that to make money. He made for, that. He just wrote that yeah. title, too. He's like, I'm going to make a movie like, called The Fucking was, Fireworks Woman. He's credited as Abe Snake. I didn't know that. That's fucking hilarious. I didn't know that. Wait, Wes Craven's credited as Abe Snake? Yeah, it's just credited Abe as Snake. Abe Snake. Because he didn't want his name on it? I guess. Maybe yeah. fun, The Hills Have Eyes, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't want my name Is on that what it says? The Fireworks yeah. Woman. Fuck yeah. That's smart. Is it a horror movie? What is that? It has to be a family movie. There's the not fireworks even, one. There's not I've, even a Wikipedia page for it. So oh, there has to be know. a trailer for that somewhere. Probably. We'll find it. Somebody fireworks put, Somebody put that on our YouTube page. On our From the, the director of Last House on the Left. And it's probably like ice creams the, and like pastels. It's going to be like that fucking man in the ice cream suit <laughs> shit from Stuart Gordon. Except Stuart Gordon did that because he wanted to, not because he had to. Yeah, to fuck it. Movie. He parties. 
But yeah, yeah, he goes, but, man. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Toby Hooper, of course, had cha- you know Texas Chainsaw and Eaten Alive, which is that's another. I don't like a lot of Hooper stuff outside of TCM, honestly. But really, I yeah. love Invaders from Nars. I love Life Force. Oh, oh Life Force. Well, I love the posters for Life Force. Poltergeist. Everyone, you know, I know it's supposed to be a Spielberg movie, but I don't care. I still yeah. love that movie. And yeah, it's, you, it's, it's a part of his. If we're giving Hooper Poltergeist, I'll yeah. I like that. It's good. It's got coach in it. Uh, didn't he do the remake of the Toolbox Murders? Didn't he do that with uh, he, Sherry Moon? Yeah, I did yeah, not like did. that. Yeah, it was better than I thought it was going to be, be, mainly because her acting was a lot better. And I mean, she's not even that long, but for that time, don't give me like that, Derek. Derek, give me the stink eye, the oh, Sherry Moon stink eye. Like, fuck you. A lot better. A lot better actor. Act. She acted. Okay, her acting was a lot better in that film than what I was. But compared to what, though? <sighs> well, anything else that came before. Like, oh, it wasn't total shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like, God damn it! She still shouldn't be in movies. <laughs> hey, we I, we I've seen some awful, I'm awful sure actors. People, yeah, so have I, but like not at that level. Well, I guess at that level too, but yeah, not because you're just banging Rob. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's why she's. I'd there. be banging Rob to get me in a movie. Yeah, Fuck I guess it. I would bang Rob Zombie if he'll put me in a movie or mm-hmm. two. I don't know. I don't know how much that pays though. I don't, I don't feel like it pays a lot. Oh, they Rob. seem to have to do a lot of conventions. If Rob Zombie's like, <laughs> it seems those dudes that are in his movies do a lot of conventions. It's like a Star Trek person, like the person who dies in the red, like the red, yeah, show. red I, shirt. I died in episode one. Yeah. Star I, Trek. I feel like if you do a Rob Zombie movie, the only guarantee is he's like, well, you can re up your convention credit. You'll have a new 11 by 17 fucking poster to set on your table in the cell. Yeah. There's no other guarantee. Most of the time, it doesn't even come out in theaters straight to DVD now, like half his shit. Mm, yeah. Or he was going to do The Blob at one point. He was going to remake The Blob. The Blob? Yeah. I'm fine with that. I mean, what's Kevin Dillon? I mean, People it's, get it's, tagged in all kinds of movies that they never come. It never comes out. What's so. Kevin Dillon doing? Hit him Gamble up, put him in that shit. Kevin, Kevin Dillon. Yeah, bring Kevin Dillon back. Bring Kevin the, Dillon back. When we talk about the 80s, that's the Kevin Dillon comes out. Oh, what does it really? Oh, yeah, man. He uh, made a lot of. I don't, really wanna, movies. I don't really want to deep dive on Johnny drama, but I guess we can. <laughs> I'm into it. I, I, I like that he was willing to spoof himself, you know, on that show. Yeah. Uh, we did totally ignore like Argento for the most part, which, you know, before I said Clockwork Orange, I was debating between like Suspiria and Deep Red for sure. Man, those, yeah. Because those are ones that I saw when I was pretty young and they, they kind of stayed with me like fucking forever. Because the first time I saw them, I didn't know what the fuck they were. You know, they existed. Italian films? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, saw them, like, one time. And then eight years later, like, rented them again. And I was like, oh, shit, this is the one I saw that had this scene. Or, that, you know, they're pretty graphic. You know you know the bad scenes in both of those movies. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love those films, man. Now I have, like, all the super-duper special editions of them. And I'm a fucking fan of Goblin now, which I would have never got into any of that shit if it was Prog a Prog Rock, man. yeah. I understand that. I would have never cared about any of it. It's like the fish of horror movie soundtrack. No, it's not that bad. No, but like, no. Okay, fuck. I sat through fish. The Pink Floyd, of, and I know how like, that is. Wait, is, wait explain, explain. Okay, yourself. Okay, <laughs> well, like, wait, 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 I'm whoa. gonna get made fun of either way here, but I don't give a fuck. So I, I can't think of the dude's name. The the main guy in fish. Uh, What's his? Name? I don't fuck, know. I don't fucking know. Name. I'm not googling it. Either. He did this. Uh, so we always had this festival out here called Bourbon and Beyond. It's just a mixture of all kinds of different bands and shit. I really wanted to see Hollow Notes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And a fish fans are like, but you like Hollow Notes? Yeah, fuck you. You like fish. But anyway, the only way they were coming on after him. So I was like, fuck, I want a good spot for that. So I just, I'm going to have to stand in this fucking crowd. And I, it felt like, you remember the show Arthur that was on PBS? Yep. It felt like the music from that, but like three hours long. 
it was just all happy and fucking lame and cheerful. And everybody's like 60 and stoned in the crowd. And they're like, oh, this is the best. And I'm like, I just want to see fucking Holland Oats. <laughs> watching you, watching you. And it Oats. almost wasn't worth it. But then Holland Oats, they, they killed it. Because they, they kind of like hate each other. So it's fun to watch them on stage. Oh, do they? Yeah. I don't know oh, how man. deep that really the goes. Of the mullets. But they don't come near each other on stage, dude. It's so fucking awkward. And they have like a giant like in table setting in between them and they never cross it what it's just really awkward and weird <laughs> but they're both still really good life if you like that type of shit i'm just like i'm a fucking cornball so i love hauling oats but i fucking hate fish so much so i, w- I don't like that you compare goblin to them okay i'm sorry that was like my that was a long life. fucking fuck you steve <laughs> right there. I really don't, I really don't, that was i really don't appreciate that comparison of goblin and fish i don't think fish has ever been on one movie soundtrack oh. they shouldn't be hope this and if you're a fish uh if you, you know what if you love fish uh fuck you <laughs> no uh well talking about italian films we're definitely gonna have we could do an entire episode on italian cinema period i think we talked about doing that we're gonna so, do that for sure so that's why we're not gonna deep dive on actually we haven't deep dived on any of these movies because there's just so many uh, yeah definitely we're definitely gonna do an episode of just about italian films yeah it's Deeper hard to do period. i mean fulci dietato there's so many yeah, it's hard to do a deep dive Franco. when there's so much to cover. Jesus, yeah. I mean, you're talking hundreds of movies. Eventually, we're going to go like year by year on some of this shit so we can go a little deeper into the films. Oh, that'd be fun. Uh, this is more just covering all the shit that we possibly can in like an hour and a half to two hours from the 70s, which is not <laughs> fucking easy. I thought it would be, but even when I was diving into just mainstream shit, I was like, this is like overwhelming. And like, we haven't even talked about like Carrie, which is... Brian De Palma. Uh, yeah, and that's the one that like I feel like every once again we kind of go back to families watching things. I think like everybody I've ever met's watched Carrie at some point, and I don't know how bullies still exist after that movie. <laughs> like I watch that, and I'm like, yep, I'll never fuck with anybody again because they could set you on fire. Yeah, I mean they killed John Travolta though, so that's good. That's my favorite part. I can watch that Jesus. over and over. That fucking car just. Yeah, I'm a William Cat fan. Isn't it fucked up that he's like I'm gonna go do Grease now? Yeah, it's great. It's weird, man. I'm gonna be like Saturday Night Fever in Greece. I'm the guy, but Sad. only after I play this huge piece of shit, Gary. <laughs> and it worked all the what way. Was he welcome back, Kata? So. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, somebody saw that Carrie John Travolta just being a complete ass, and they're like, you know what? He's our new leading man. He's a sexy forever. motherfucker. He's all right. Speaking of John Travolta, you want to talk about Kelly Preston? Car. We just lost Kelly Preston. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From Dust Till Dawn. I mean. So, yeah, name off a bunch. I mean, I, I, I lost my pad. I, I made so many notes this week that I have lost my notes in my head because uh, there's so much to talk about. But I definitely want to talk about Kelly Preston and maybe even Danny Hicks. Yeah, we went into the Hicks rabbit hole last week. A little, a little bit, bit. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping to get to, to talk to um, John Dugan about Danny Hicks because I know they were friends. But we'll yeah. definitely like like John said, we're going to have him back a couple of times with less technical difficulties. It's like a weekly thing right now, like a new celebs dropping off, yeah. especially from that genre. Like, right. And she was fairly young, right? Like 57, something yeah. like that. She so did a movie I remember uh, called Spellbound, and it was just like a witchcraft movie. Kind of kind of generic. I, th- I think Vestron put it out. Uh, I know it was like, I think I saw on the, on, on the Unholy VHS. Just like a witchcraft movie as in like the She's genre like the sexy- of witchcraft or like the movie film series no, uh- <laughs> No, not those witchcraft movies, like a witchcraft style, like, oh, okay. it's a satanic panic movie. Um, but not that, just that was my first porn. introduction to her, except for what she did. What was it? She was like the, oh, the drunk girl in 
I don't know. God damn it. The, seriously, look her up, buddy. Space I didn't, Camp. Yeah. Space Camp. Is, I don't know if she was a drunk girl in Space Camp. Dave's got the tablet if you're listening to us, but if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see him. Uh, so we can always keep uh, going into these voids of, I can't remember. Yeah, when we feel like digging through our brains, which does happen from time to time, we got Dave with the tablet now, which that's good to have. Yeah. Especially for something like Kelly fucking Preston, because I don't... Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't even know she was married to Travolta until two days ago, or whenever she passed away. She was also in Twins. Twins. Oh yeah. Oh no. She's the best part. Her and uh, Chloe Webb. Chloe Webb is the uh, is like twins. The, like, like the girlfriends with Arnold and Danny DeVito. Yeah. 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 What huh. did you think I was? Chloe about? Webb is with Danny, and then Arnold has uh, Kelly Preston. I just I don't remember the cast of Twins. I don't even. I just remember the cover of Twins. I don't even know what that movie's about. I guess they're twins. <laughs> okay, this guy. What's twins, a, what's, twins a, what's twins about? Somebody explain to me. Are we going to talk about twins on a horror podcast? Okay. It's, if you could just give me a brief. Quick synopsis. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger get separated at birth. Arnold Schwarzenegger has all the good genes. Danny DeVito is a quote unquote the shit. And then they meet. That's bullshit. That's yeah. not even realistic. Those two can be related. He's Austrian or whatever. <laughs> He's raised by a doctor on an island. Yeah. Like Dr. Monroe? God, exactly. that'd be, that would be awesome. <laughs> Twins again. I don't know, man. I, that, From the director. I've seen that cover Frank so many Hennenlotter. times that I've never bothered like trying to find out what it's about or anything. Yeah, you could, that could be a good horror movie. Like Schwarzenegger, DeVito... Just these evil twins. Evil, yeah. Which twins of evil, evil which is a good hammer no, no, no. film. So Arnold, Arnold's the evil twin, and DeVito is the good twin, and DeVito has to stop Arnold. DeVito wouldn't be the good twin. Oh, I think he should be, though. Be, uh, be yeah, a, just a little switcheroo on a us. A little switcheroo, and he has to stop Arnold. <laughs> Back in their prime. <laughs> like, this episode you, is everywhere. I love can it. Can you imagine the fight, the final scene? If it's a straight-up fist fight, yeah, I would love that. Just remake Commando. But except have have uh, have uh, Danny DeVito play Arnold's part and Arnold's playing playing uh, Vernon Wells. Oh, I'd watch yeah. that. See, I think Danny DeVito really missed the boat on becoming an action star. He really, I don't think up. it's too late. Yeah, I mean, just hit the gym for a couple of weeks. You can fuck him up. <laughs> I mean, I can't make his arms longer. They're gonna be like weirdly short, no matter what. Oh, my but he's God. just built that way, like an egg. I think. <laughs> We're going to wrap this up, guys. Yeah, we're, we're, wrapping, we're, there, we're running so long, there, our cameras are failing. Is there anything else that you, you were talking about earlier? The only other one was when we were going to the Italian films. Uh, yeah, Don't Torture a Duckling was another one that really kind of fucked me up when I first saw it. because, And it, we didn't even deep dive into this at all. But when I used to watch horror movies as a kid, I always felt safe because kids never died. Every movie I ever watched, <laughs> like if I watched the 80s films, like Friday the 13th and all those, they kill like people that are 19, 20, yeah, like the, teenagers the and babysitters or high schoolers that look like they're 30, but like kids never die. Kids are always safe. Even in like, you know, Friday the 13th when the kids were actually there in like part six, they didn't, they didn't kill a single kid. Like what the fuck, Jason? Well, they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. But just get to it. Like, why wouldn't you kill them? <laughs> and, but then I see something Bro, like child murder. Yeah. But then you see don't torture duckling. That That's all it's about is child murder. Like, but it starts off with like three kids getting murdered and it leads to like this mystery of like a whodunit type of thing. And there's like this witch that's in town and they're blaming her. And then she goes through some brutal shit. I don't even want to spoil it. Cause if you haven't seen it, you should totally watch it. But it's also like a shot at like the church. Cause there's some like kind of villainous shit going on behind the scenes with like the church system there, the Catholic church, which to me is like in 1972 is pretty ballsy talking about like child abuse within like the religious systems. Oh yeah. Uh, 
yeah, it's really off the wall and it stayed in my head forever. I actually recently just went back and watched it because I, I bought the DVD and a special edition like maybe two years ago. Didn't watch it, just sat on my shelf because I remembered like it kind of fucking me up. Oh, you know, last yeah. Time I watched That's it. one of those movies you pull out. So then like, like I, I watched I'll it watch again it. and I'm like, man, it's still like, it was the first time Volchi really did that really graphic violence. Like the gross shit that he's known for. That's the first time he did it was that film. And he's doing it like on kids for one. And then like some of like the women and shit in it. But it's just like a really fucked up like murder mystery style, like Italian film. And it's forever. Like there's so many scenes in that that are in my head. And I was scared. Like when I saw it, it's like 14, 15. I was still like scared to go ride my bike and shit. Because <laughs> for a short time, because I was like, fuck, somebody's going to scoop me up and murder the shit out of me. Because these kids are getting like their fucking brains knocked out and being found in rivers and shit. And like this whole town's like, we don't know who did it. it has to be her. She's a witch. Like that old school. Like, oh, yeah. Shit. Like, man, I, I kind of live in like a podunk neighborhood here so they probably do that too they like blame blame the creepy lady down the street yeah. and it's kind of shot like in a cinema verite look it looks like almost yeah. like a documentary style it's yeah. very dry like the way the filters they use on the cameras i mean they knew it, they were doing it and it's very unsettling it's unsettling and there's a scene like again i don't really want to spoil the movie or like the twist in it too much even though it came out fucking 38 years 48 years 72, ago I think. 72 yeah i could be wrong I can't but there's a scene where like someone goes off a cliff and their face just scrapes on the side of the cliff the entire fucking way down. And it's obviously like a dummy, but it's just so gross looking at it, thinking like, I hope that never happens to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's that's yeah. a great effect on uh, when it comes to film. Like, watch Jaws, and you're afraid you're going to fucking swimming pool. Which or a also when it's killed dark. kids. Like, right? They, like, that's oh, yeah, like, they did. Yeah, the 70s were like, fuck it, we're going to ruin your childhood. Yeah, piranha. Exorcist. Oh, definitely Piranha. Even yeah. more so. Yeah, they don't leave kids. Like the seventies were just like fuck kids. It's I can't stop talking about it. those filmmakers were like we're going to do it our way. The Hollywood yeah. system sucks. Not only are we not going to get funding, we're just going to we're going to put it out our way. We're going to make it our way. We're going to write it our way, and yeah. you're going to deal with it. And they had to deal with it because there was I mean, you had a bunch of puff fucking movies on on besides like The Exorcist, and then finally Jaws. But the Jaws yeah. is the end, and they're yeah. like, oh, we I guess we got to take Late this genre 70s. seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a solid note to end on. Uh, yeah. Kids getting murdered and... Uh, <laughs> and filmmakers and not taking any filmmakers more Filmmakers finally saying, fuck it, we're going to do whatever we want, do some renegade filmmaking, and just like talking to John Dugan about how much it costs them to do TCM and shit yeah. like that. Some ballsy stuff. I mean, you can do it now. There's a lot of people out there doing it now, too, if you just take the time to look up these indie filmmakers that you see on the convention scene yeah. and shit. They're making stuff that's just as high quality as the shit in the 70s. It's not the best. It's not what you see in Hollywood. But I assure you, the VHS shit you love, it's probably up to par with that at this point. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Especially the 70s. Especially the 70s. Yeah, I like some straight dog shit sometimes, and I forget. We love this piece of shit movie. Yeah, sometimes I turn it on. I'm like, this does not need a 4K edition. I can assure you of that. There's no fixing that shit. No. <laughs> just, just include it with bad VCR tracking, and we're fucking set. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. Yeah, thanks for putting up with us. No yeah. shit. And uh, we're definitely going to have John Dugan back with better technical prowess. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> but, <laughs> <we're trying>. <laughs> Less <technical laughs> but if, you're, if you're watching us on He's YouTube, uh, give us a like, subscribe, and then you can find us on Anchor, Apple, Google, Cast. Comment, call us assholes. Do what you want. Everything. Yeah, it's, it's great. Love you guys. Thanks. Bye.